It's time for JT the Brick. We have a goal. We have ideas. We know exactly what we want to do here. The Raiders can hit the lottery on defense. They really are. They're holding a lottery ticket. If everybody is nuts enough to jump in and decide to go quarterback, 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 then the Raiders are three picks away. And I think there are five to six defensive players in the draft that are all home runs. I think if they can get four defensive starters who are young and they let them play, and two of them are elite and two of them are very good, then I think the Raiders could have a completely different look for this entire franchise. So the Raiders are doing their due diligence. That's Captain Obvious stuff. JT the Brick. All these mock drafts are crazy. All you're going to hear from me for the next three weeks, give me the best defensive player available at number seven. But in my position in this seat, I'm going to be Mr. Positive in April and May. Okay, I'm not going to your sports bar and walking in and saying this team sucks. Find another guy. I'm sure there's plenty in town. Let that sink in. And now. With the seventh pick, the Las Vegas Raiders select JT the Brick. Welcome back, everybody. Hour number two of the show as we are live from inside the Raiders facility in Henderson, Nevada. Brought to you by Resorts World. Head on out to Doghouse Saloon to watch the NFL draft. It'll be crazy. It'll be great. You'll be able to bet in the sports book and watch the draft. Wall-to-wall coverage. I get a chance now to go out to Chicago, talk to a Mount Rushmore all-time legend in sports radio, the great Mike North. And, Mike, I'm looking on my weather app, 65 in Vegas and 65 degrees in Chicago. You're living good. How are you? Yeah, and we don't have to take a plane to go to Portillo's, you know? (laughs) You're right. we, don't, we don't have to drive a half hour to Culver's. It's one across the street. Absolutely. So, you, know, you know what? The Vegas, you know how much I love Vegas. My, I haven't been there in such a long time because I really don't want to travel as much as I used to. But, JT, every time I talk to you, I know two things. You're Raider up, and Vegas is there, and that's the way it is, buddy. How you been? I was the hardest man working man in show business. I am working still. I'm on the air. You know how they say keep the seat, Mike? I keep keeping the seats Yo, and try to I keep all the these. <laughs> I see the pool. Are you kidding me? That, that, that doesn't take care of itself. Absolutely. Hey, real quick on this. Vegas has got the sphere that's opening up, the greatest concert experience in the world, the globe. Just Google the sphere, and we got F1. And, Mike, would you ever think of this with all the gambling you've done in your life? We got the Super Bowl, the next Super Bowl's in Vegas. Yeah, I never thought that. I remember going to Vegas in the 70s when the buildings were by were, were standalones. Right. Where you had to go gamble before they put the sports books inside the casinos. And uh, it, 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 at the time, even in the 80s and 90s, when Madison Square Garden Network owned the Knicks, you couldn't even bet on the Knicks in Las Vegas at the time because they were owned by Caesars at the time. And so it's changed. I can't believe it. I've seen how beautiful that stadium is right on the strip there. It just made uh, Vegas grow leaps and bounds. And I think baseball's heading that way sooner or later. Mike North joins us from Chicago. Mike, when you look back at it, why did the Bears, we know who their young quarterback is, but why'd they move out of the number one pick overall? What are your sources telling you making a move like that where there could be a better quarterback than Justin Fields and moving back to the back end of the first ten picks? Because they would have had to admit it, and I think that they are doing the right thing. I think he showed strides last year. His accuracy is still a problem, but you've seen what happened with, with Hertz with Philadelphia, the leaps and bounds he made from one year to the next. Now, that doesn't mean that's going to happen with Fields or anybody else, but after the year he had last year, where he had an opportunity to run as the team and, and basically uh, you know, gain a lot of yards rushing, 
threw some nice passes, made some mistakes, held his turnovers down a little, but he still got a ton of them. I think they had to give him another year. They had no choice, and I don't think there's a clear number one pick. So I don't think they had a problem getting out of their pick. That person I don't want is the kid Jalen Carter. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. it, you know, I, I went through the Tommy Harris type of situation. He was supposed to go to the Hall of Fame. To me, taking a defensive tackle inside is susceptible to injury. Lots of injuries happen. We had the same thing happen to Akeem Hicks after three or four years. I would like to see him probably get something defensively, maybe another linebacker, maybe a defensive back, or maybe a rush end. I really like the kid from Alabama, but we're not going to get him because we went all the way to ninth. So your guess is as good as mine, but they were going to stick with Fields for another year after all the hubbub. The one thing I got to say about Justin Fields is I don't care how good you think you are. When you lose nine in a row, you couldn't win one of those games. And the Washington game sticks out in my mind. He had a guy wide open in the end zone and overthrew him. Uh, and that started the pendulum swinging in a downward spiral. So I'm not a big Justin Fields fan, mm-hmm. but he showed me last year that he's worthy of one more year. And if it works out, good. And if it doesn't, they'll move on. Mike North joins us. That's brilliant, Mike, because I was just going to ask you the follow-up. The comp here is now Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is a beast, but Fields runs better than him. And Fields can throw. All these quarterbacks are roughly the same. Lamar Jackson. You know, you look at yeah. some of them who can make throws, but they can run and play well. So it's obvious to me that all Fields has to show is he's closer to Jalen Hurts, and then he'll get maybe an early contract extension. But as you pointed, you give him one more year. If this kid can't prove that he could be like Jalen Hurts, a second-round pick, not a first-round pick, then the writing's on the wall. you got to move on from him. In, in Trubisky's second year, they should have gone to the Super Bowl, parking, hit the double doinker. Okay? <laughs> and we would be avoiding all this by now. They decided they wanted to go in a different direction, and they did. They lost nine straight with him at quarterback. You've got to win one of those games. And he couldn't pull any of them out. And he made mistakes in a lot of them. I'm just telling the truth. All of a sudden, everybody's afraid to offend somebody in this, in this country. If a guy plays bad, he plays bad. Okay? If a guy plays good, he plays good. You're an Ohio State quarterback. You're tagged with nobody's ever done it out of Ohio State. And you lose nine straight. Okay? Then when you have a chance on the last game of the season – to break the all-time rushing record, give the fans something to enjoy for the disastrous year it's been, the Bears sit him. They don't yeah. even let him get the record after he busted his tail. I'll give him this. He tried his hardest, and then at the end when he had a chance to break the all-time record, this organization sat him on his rear end, and they played Peterman. Ridiculous. Out of, out of, I, I mean, to me, if I would have been Justin Fields, you put me out there nine straight weeks to get killed. You give me that last week to break the record. I agree with you 100%. Didn't think of that, too. That's a record that's really important in this league, considering how many great... Yeah, Steve Young, Fran Tarkenton, the running quarterbacks who have played in this league. You'd love to have that. I mean, all these great quarterbacks, and and I couldn't believe it. He kills himself. They played him the week before. You might as well see Adam Dent if you're going to let him not let him have the record. So it was his chance, because Bear fans have been out of their minds saying, oh, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. No, he could be the next Andre Ware. But his spikes... His helmet, his jerseys, all could have been at Canton. Yeah. And they decided to sit him. And that was criminal, in my opinion. 
Mike North joins us from Chicago. So, Mike, I thought about you. Second, the news broke last night that Draymond got suspended after being ejected. I thought of you because you were there for all the Rodman games and the Rodman glory years in Chicago. What's the difference, Mm -hmm. a couple of differences, between Rodman, who was a lunatic, got on a jet to go to Vegas, didn't tell the coach, grabbed guys by the ankles all the time, got caught up in scrums under the basket. He's got a bunch of rings, and Draymond's got four rings. What's the difference between Mm -hmm. the two? The difference between the two is that Rodman did have some histrionics. But don't forget, Draymond Green's got a history here, too, folks. He cost them a championship by being suspended in in an earlier title game back in the day. Okay? He's not an angel. Uh, The laughable part is when he compared himself to Rodman. I think Rodman would pick him up like a kitty cat. Okay? I think Rodman would intimidate him. Rodman intimidated Carl Malone. Rodman intimidated Kevin McHale at times. Rodman didn't back down to anybody. So Draymond Green, I think that was a reputation thing. I don't think – I saw Christian Leitner stomp on the guy who should have been thrown out of the game. You know that from Duke. And that was in a college game, and it didn't happen because that would have been a disaster for the college game at the time. But Draymond Green, I think, paid for his past transgressions. I think the referees – uh, have been a little bit uh, loosey-goosey, but when it comes to green, he chatters in their ear all the time, J.T. Sooner or later, he's going to do something that's going to trigger one of those guys, and they're going to say, you left us no choice, and then he's going to be gone. So, you know what? Golden State is in a bad way right now. I'm not ready to shelve them. They're absolute champions until somebody can prove otherwise, and, uh, you know, it's an interesting series, but... Uh, I think that Draymond Green, once again, is not going to be with this team, and that's a shame. Mike North, as we wrap it up. You know, Mike, when I look at Jordan, I wanted to ask you this, too, because I saw the movie Air. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Sonny Vaccaro, mm-hmm. who you knew well, and he was on your show over the Absolutely. years. And The history is amazing. Why is Jordan such a terrible owner? I'm talking bottom, bottom, bottom of the barrel. Can't he recruit every kid who's got a pair of Jordans who is in the NBA, college or high school, would want to play for Michael Jordan? How come this guy can't get lucky? I'm not talking about a needle in a haystack. How how do the best free agents in the history of the NBA and others not want to exclusively play for Michael Jordan? Because they'll be held accountable because he sits on the sideline, because they get that glary stare. He's been a horrible owner. I know Michael. I love Michael. I'll never see another person like him. And you can name any basketball player you want. I've seen them all. From Elgin Baylor. I, I, was, I was watching NBA before replay was invented, okay? So I, I don't want anybody lecturing me about LeBron or Colby. Michael Jordan's the greatest ever, but Michael Jordan's an intimidating presence, even to players that would come there. He'd be a hard boss to work for. I remember when Jerry Sloan first became coach, head coach of the Bulls. He couldn't get out of his own way. He expected every single player to dive on the floor, to take the charge, to go to the hoop, to block uh, shots. He expected them to be Jerry Sloan. Then he learned the craft, went to Utah, and became a great coach and didn't act like that. He was a cool guy on the sidelines. The transformation from being the head coach of the Bulls to him being the Utah Jazz coaches uh, head coach, was one of the greatest transformations of a feisty hothead that I've ever seen. Wow. Hey, Mike, last one on the way out. I, I'm still seeing young guys, mostly guys, not many gals, but I hear a few, but mostly young guys in their 20s on the radio 
talking about sports gambling. They don't know anything. They know nothing. They, they barely can host a radio show. They're in their early 20s, and they're on the radio telling everybody what games to pick. You were the biggest sports talk radio host of my career for most of my career, and you had picks, and you weren't you weren't shoving it down our throats, syndicated or in Chicago every day. You had your bent noses, your friends, your bookies you knew, and you were always in sure. Vegas. How do we mm-hmm. get people up to speed on sports gambling so we can at least say they're credible? They got a little bit of a bankroll. They have a big job. They got some money. We can hear that on the radio, and then they're going to give us some picks, and they're going to tell us when they win, but also when they lose. Well, I think the one thing is I started uh, in radio in 1989 uh, with a show called the NFL Handicap Show. I handicapped the NFL. It was the first gambling show in Chicago history, and it was on a small station, 1240. That's where I got the following. That's how I got the gig with the score when I suggested they start sports radio in Chicago. But what happened was when you – when back then it was considered – you know, no, we can't touch it. But let me say yeah. this. I thought gambling was around the corner back in those days. I didn't think it was going to take all the way till 2020. They have the wrong people doing some wrong things. They, they look for the cosmetic look on TV, number one. Regardless, they're all good-looking young people. But when I see somebody 22, 23 years of age say, this is my picks for tonight, I just <laughs> go the other way. I make my own picks. I've always thought... You know, you can give suggestions, but everybody can hang themselves if they want. But if they take your suggestion and you win, that's fine. But you never hear anybody. If you go on gambling Twitter, JT, Mm -hmm. you never see many people. And I'm proud that I'm one of these guys that does it. I'll come up and say, I went two and five. I'll come up and say, I went one and three. But I'll also rub it in everybody's uh, faces. Not everybody's faces, but I'll rub it in by saying, hey, I went four and one. But that's part of the territory. The fact that people can't admit when they lose and you're in this business and you, you, they, they want you to believe they win every day is an affront to anybody who's ever gambled. It's embarrassing. Mike North, north to north, the number two north, number two to north, a fantastic follow, a great friend. And uh, we'll talk to you after the draft to see what the Raiders do and what the Bears do, Mike. Thanks for doing this. Uh, you know what? The Raiders and Bear fans, and there's a lot of Bear and Raider fans. A lot of Bear fans back in the day, JT, when the, uh, adopted the Raiders as their AFC team. And I know a guy named Jimmy Backus who goes out to the games two, three times a year from Chicago. He's a Bear fan, but he loves his Raiders. Take care, buddy. All the best. Take care, my friend. All right, yeah. You got it. Mike North. Wow. Great, great to talk to him. I try to tell you this. We got a new audience whenever the new audience comes in. Uh, Mike North was the most successful local sports talk radio host ever. And then Mike and the Mad Dog in New York. Mike was the first ever radio host to make a million dollars a year. million dollars a year back in the day. He was a former hot dog salesman. A radio executive heard him selling hot dogs on the street at a game and said, listen to that voice. I want to put him on the radio, and the rest is history. And he has gambling picks, and he'll help you with gambling. Just follow him on Twitter, north to north. If you're a boxing fan, and I know there are many boxing fans who are listening to me because the Raiders and Raider Nation doesn't like boxing. They love boxing. I'll be sitting ringside Saturday night for a big fight. Davis versus Garcia. Predictions are coming in left and right. This is a massive fight coming up here. Schmitty's going to join us. James Schmitty Smith, one of the best boxing analysts I know. He'll give us his pick, what's going to happen in the fight here. If you're a fight fan, turn it up. Call in with your winner. Because it's the Raiders offseason ahead of the draft, and boxing's in town. We got the Golden Knights on Thursday, and a massive fight on Saturday, all in the same building. 
T-Mobile with one day to get it ready. Big weekend in Vegas, but nothing matters unless the Vegas Golden Knights can win game two. Can you imagine? Let's go, VGK. Wake the hell up. Bouncing around on the far side, and the clock will run out on game one. Final score, Winnipeg Jets 5, Vegas Golden Knights 1. The Jets take a 1-0 series lead in the best of seven opening round series. That's Dan Duva on the call. Some missed my opening monologue. Our Raiders mobile app was down in the first 10 minutes of the show. I went off on VGK for losing that game, not showing up. They got problems. The physicality of Winnipeg is real. They're sending a lot of power out at VGK and pushing the young kids around, pushing the smaller Golden Knights around. That's a problem. So Vegas has a problem with the matchup here that I'm not really well aware of. That's why I have guests on. And Winnipeg is a tough and physical team. They're intimidating. And as I told you before the series started, the only chance they have to win is intimidating and pushing around the Golden Knights, which is exactly what they did. Petrangelo looked slow. Mark Stone was not rusty. He was terrible. And we love Mark Stone. A lot of people do. He's the captain. Bringing him back, I thought he'd had a burst. He did not. That's a big decision they have to make going forward. And they better make sure the goaltending's better. Winnipeg's not supposed to be able to score with Las Vegas. The Vegas Golden Knights are supposed to be able to outscore them and put up a lot of points in this series. Now, fortunately, it's a high seed going up against a low seed. And if Vegas loses a couple of games here, I still think they can win the series. But the way they lost that game at home was quite embarrassing, and that can't happen. That cannot happen at all. They have to bounce back, and the leaders on the team are going to have to do a really good job. And they're going to have to do a great job very quickly here to jump back in and push Winnipeg around. There was a fight at the end of the game. At least Vegas was trying to push people around at the end. Maybe that momentum, because there was no momentum in the score, could move on. Davis, Ryan Garcia. Tank Davis versus Ryan Garcia. Wow. Can't wait. Credential ready to go. I'll be walking in with James Smitty Smith. Smitty, good to talk to you, my boxing friend. How are you? How excited are you for this fight? Yeah, I, I am for a multitude you know, of reasons. We have two young, unbeaten, in their prime fighters going at it here in Las Vegas. And it has all the elements that make for a great fight, and a fight of great interest because you have two young guys with contrasting styles, uh, with, with, with social media and the popularity of both of these dudes. you got the race factor. It's, it just, it's just everything that reminds me of a fight back you know, in, the, in, in the 80s and when I came up. So, yeah, there's a lot to be excited about Saturday night uh, from T-Mobile. Let's start with Tank Davis. Man, he's bullying Garcia with his mouth, his social media, everything here. The strengths of Tank Davis, his backstory coming into this fight. Yeah, and he, and he is a guy that he is such a throwback fighter. 28-0, no, 26 KOs, already a three-weight division champion. Tremendous balance, patient, power in both hands. Uh, he possesses every punch in the arsenal. He does a tremendous job of downloading, then uploading, then breaking down, and then unloading his opponents. And he does it with surgical precision, but he takes time to get it done. 
that's uh, the word on him. As for Ryan Garcia, 23-0 and with 19 KOs, he hasn't won uh, a world title yet, but he's going to have the height and reach advantage. He's the bigger guy, tremendous speed, blazing speed, and a lethal left hook. But that left hook, which could be the coup de grace and has the potential to to knock down or even knock out Gervonta also exposes his most glaring weakness, and that is when Ryan throws that shot, JT, he cranks, he lifts his chin straight up in the air at the same time that he throws it, and that's what Tank is going to look to take advantage of. James Smitty Smith in this corner TV, my longtime friend. We've been we've been to over a hundred championship fights together. He's been to many more than I have been. We'll be joining each other at T-Mobile. This will be great. So with Garcia, compare his speed because we were there with the young De La Hoya, the young Floyd Mayweather, and especially the young Manny Pacquiao, the fastest fighter I've ever seen sitting ringside. Where do you put Garcia's speed here? Because it seems like Davis could knock him out, but maybe Garcia's speed could be the difference in him winning a decision. His speed is, you know, tantamount to all of those guys. It's, it's there, uh, especially the left hook. But I, he's got to be able to sustain it over 12 rounds, and that's going to be the thing. I've never seen him sustain it because so many of his knockouts have come early. And despite being a tall, lanky guy that would, you'd look at him, I mean, he looks like he's got the model looks. He's one of the most popular athletes on social media, not just fighters, anybody. But he, his mentality is that of a puncher. And I think what he needs to do for this fight, fighters have to change game plans, just like the Raiders have to do from time to time. He needs to think like a boxer and try to use his height, his reach, and everything else. If he can do that, if he can do that, I think he's got a hell of a shot at winning, uh, but I don't think he's going to be able to do that. Saturday night, T-Mobile Arena, big fight, Tank Davis versus Ryan Garcia. Where does this fight stand in regards to a pay-per-view? Because a lot of fans listening here who are diehard boxing fans in the Raider Nation understand weight classes and maybe know these names, but a lot don't. Is the promotion going well? Does it need to be promoted better? Are these, should these names be more recognizable than Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather, yeah. Manny Pacquiao, and some of the names like Triple G and Canelo that we've attended their fights? Well, this is a step in the right direction. The fact that they're both, you know, 24 years of age for Garcia, 28 years of age for Tank, and they're fighting each other. Boxing has uh, really, as it's done in the past, it's bit itself in both feet and, and uh, hands lately with not having these guys match up when they need to fight. Even the great Floyd Mayweather and the great Manny Pacquiao waited too damn long to fight each other. These two are fighting at the right time. And because of the things I mentioned earlier, you know, all the factors, this one, there will be tons of boxing fans that will brand new boxing fans that'll tune in and pay per view this on Saturday night. It'll also be, you mentioned Oscar De La Hoya. There's a lot to compare with, you know, with Garcia and him, good looking guy. The, a lot of the women will be there cheering. Mm -hmm. It'll almost have the rock concert esque kind of thing and with Gervonta he represents the hood and what have you so there's a really a lot to like the promotion showtime uh all the extra tickets I'm trying to get for people I can't get them so I guess it's doing pretty damn well here in Vegas and of, of course I think it will be pretty impressive on pay-per-view Schmitty, as we wrap it up I'm trying to evolve my sons who you know 21 and 19 I bring them the fights and 
they're not big fans of Jake Paul. They love real boxing. So when I see Jake Paul stepping up, taking a fight or not, the new guy is going to fight, and I say this is trash. I get hit back, not the way, and I don't rip on WWE, that's not my thing, but the trolls will come back if you say, this isn't real boxing. It's more of an exhibition. And when we see a guy like Jake Paul who's able to draw more pay-per-views than some really good boxers, how do you handle that as you emcee the Real Boxing Hall of Fame and you're in the Nevada Boxing Hall of Fame and you look at this, are you evolving to some of these YouTube fighters, or do you just say, no, it's not real boxing, I'm going to stay with the A-list big guns? I hate it. I, I would never put Jake Paul, never say never, but when they've tried to put him on my podcast, I, w- I refuse to have him on. I, don't, I have nothing against him. I don't know the dude. He is not a professional fighter. All he's doing, all he's done is fight older, kind of washed up, uh, smaller MMA guys, which he's going to do again with Nate Diaz, who's already halfway to, you know, Palookaville, unfortunately for Nate. And so I'm totally against it. It gives absolutely no real impression of what boxing really represents. So I have less than zero to do with it. And uh, I, for all of those who told me, oh, it's going to be great for boxing, those are the kind of people that, no, YouTubers are not going to become Marvelous Marvin Hagler and Sugar Ray Leonard and Thomas the Hitman Hearns and the great Alexis Arguello who was born on this date. Uh, we need fights like Saturday night. Saturday night's a real fight, and that's what we need. None of the trash of anything with the Paul brothers. I'm happy you said that because people are not going to like what you just said, but you're honest about it. And all the great fights that we've seen together and we've covered all over the world, especially with you traveling internationally, fight fans, young kids need to watch Davis Garcia. It's boxing at its highest level. So when they walk into a bar and their friends who are MMA fans or NBA fans say, well, boxing's trash, there's no good fighters. No, you have to say, you don't know what you're talking about. There is great boxing. The problem is, a lot of these promoters don't make a lot of great fights, and this is a great one on Saturday night. Yeah, and, you know, we owe you thanks because you're busy with the Raiders and you got the NBA and everything going on. And, but it's great that you're taking time to, mm-hmm. to promote it. I know you're a huge boxing fan, and, and boxing really needs it. I'm blessed enough. I started with Muhammad Ali as a kid. I host the International Boxing Hall of Fame. Prize fighters at the end of the day are the most common and uncommon of all athletes. There's a reason why every Raider will probably, and every other National Football League player, will want to be ringside hanging out with us Saturday because there's nothing as as exquisite as two prime great fighters going at it at their best. Nothing else. I mean, you know, it even takes great sex to to (laughs) superstage a great fight. It really is special at the highest levels that you and I have seen over the years. See you ringside, Schmitty. Thanks for the time. Talk to you soon, my brother. You got it. You got it, James Smitty-Smith. Follow him in this corner TV. Really good boxing insider. This is a great fight, everybody. So what would you do? Here's what I tell my sons to do, and this is kind of probably wrong for me to say. My son's got codes for everything. I'll be like, "Ah, how are you watching the fight? Don't ask, Dad. We have the code. All right. Okay. I don't want the FBI coming to my house. But my sons like boxing because they grew up with it. What I would do with them when they were five, three years old, when they were 10, eight years old, I'd go down and pick up my credential. Down at the MGM, my buddy Scotty Gertner would come out, give me my credential. We'd take a photo with my sons, and they were little toddlers. And then I would go to the fight. I would buy the fight at home for 60 bucks, whatever it was. I would DVR it. My sons would watch the fight with my wife. 
And then the next day I'd say, hey, I was at the fight. Let's watch it together. So I tried to teach my sons about boxing at a very young age so they'd know the difference between YouTube trash and an exhibition and a world championship fight. I don't think there's a lot of kids out there that know that. Not that I'm a better dad than you, but, I mean, if you pass on this fight, don't say you're a boxing fan. Please don't say you like boxing and you're not going to watch Tank Davis and Ryan Garcia. These fighters are both undefeated. 28-0, 23-0, and they're KO artists. This is going to be a hell of a fight. And I didn't know that Ryan Garcia has 9.5 million followers on Instagram, plus more than 5 million on TikTok. So I don't know much about him. I've seen a couple of his fights, but I can't wait to see all the fans that are going to be in attendance to see him fight. That'll be Saturday night at T-Mobile Arena. So if you're going to go to the fight, let me know about it. Oh, Kevin Ioli's coming on tomorrow, the top MMA boxing writer in the world. Kevin Ioli, based in Vegas. He's going to join us tomorrow as we continue on. All right, when we come back, we'll wrap it up from inside the Raider facility. If you have a Raider question, if you're thinking about the draft, you have something to talk about, get on in here. I'll get you right up here, and we'll get rolling. 702-365-9200. I'm excited to be here. Dave Ziegler's busy today, or he'd be here. I mean, they are upstairs, and they are locked in. And we'll talk to Dave next week. The Raider draft party. The Black Hole's having a draft party. I'll tell you about that coming up. That's going to be a monster as we continue from the Raider facility on the flagship. I'd say lack of execution, which has been a in and out for us all year. That's why our power play has been inconsistent. Um, you know, we had a couple entries where we're not in the right spot. Another one where, we, you know, we kind of stumble at the blue line, so we never get going again, and so that group loses their, their mojo. The last one, I'm not sure what, why we can't be better there, to be honest. The game's on the line. Okay, their, their, their killers are doing a good job, but at the end of the day, we got to execute faster and better. And, and the pace of our power play, I've said it, you know, it's been a challenge to get this, both groups to move the puck quick, quicker than the, 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 the kill can rotate and then get it to the net and recover pucks, right? It's been the shooting mentality. And when we've had it, I think our power play is good. When we, when we lose that, and we're really relying on precision plays, and, and tonight we, we clearly didn't make them. That's Bruce Cassidy here as he's trying to figure out what it's going to take for the Vegas Golden Knights to get back into this series. They have to win Thursday night, must win. Vegas Golden Knights, our sister station on 1340. Unacceptable, unacceptable game on every level as we continue on here live from the Raider facility. Unacceptable that they performed that poorly and some of the star players didn't show up in that game. you got to tip your cap to Winnipeg. They played well. We talked about the physicality. They're going to continue to try to bait the Knights and to do all this, but they better show up in game two because Cassidy did a great job with Boston. The reason why Boston broke the all-time point record is because Boston had Cassidy building that team up the last couple of years, and the reason why Vegas was the number one seed, is the number one seed in the West, is their head coach is really good, but we're going to be... The cut coach is going to have problems if he doesn't get out of the first round. He knows that. I just said it. So let's get behind VGK. Big Al up in San Francisco where we had Tim Roy on today, Big Al. How are you? Go ahead. I'm doing good, JT. You know, just, you know, concerning uh, the Warriors and so forth, you know, they're down 2-0. But as badly as they played, it's 
series could very easily be 2-0 the other way. But if the, the Warriors are going to get back into this thing, because, you know, they basically, you know, they, they, the Kings held serve, but if the Warriors need to get back in, they're going to have to win, a, win one up there, okay? Because otherwise they can't win just by mathematics. To do that, they've got to play Warrior basketball. That means the players move and the ball moves. Last game, they had, I think, 18 assists on, like, uh, 40 baskets. I mean, that's terrible for Golden State. When Golden State is in their you know, hit winning championships, they're getting 70% of their field goals are assisted. They're not moving without the ball. And they make very, very bad turnovers. Live ball turnovers that turn into fast break baskets or easy or very easy baskets for the king. Just get back to the way that they normally play the game. Whether or not uh, Draymond Green is playing or not, you know, you want him to play, but he's not, they can still win that game. But just get back to what they do best. Move the ball and the people move. And just don't stand behind the three-point line like Clay Thompson does, just waiting for you're waiting to get mm-hmm. the ball to be able to hoist. When you do that, you're going to be playing golf really early. Thank you, Big Al. I appreciate it. Look, it looks like the Warriors are coming to an end. I don't want to say the dynasty's dead. They just won a championship last year. The year before, they didn't make the playoffs. So take the Warriors potentially over a three-season. They don't make the playoffs. They win the championship. And if they get beat in the first round, how would you look at those three years? Don't say dynasty. That's not a dynasty. So this could this could keep a dynasty alive with the championship or extend something. But if they get booted, Big Al, here in the first round, I, I think we're going to look at them differently. And I, I think that there's a chance Draymond Green plays his last game ever as a Warrior game four at Chase. Could that be possible? It could be possible. But remember, Draymond, is his, it's his option. He's a player option. It's not the team option. And the question comes down to, did he? devalue his worth in the terms of other franchises because he's making uh, like mid-20s to high 20s, uh, in the 20s in the millions now. He devalue himself where he won't be able to get that money and the safe bet is for him to opt in for the last year of the contract and be able to make big money because he might not be able to make that anyplace else. Got it. Um, I, my whole take is, is that if they end up losing this series in, you know, in four, heaven forbid, or five, you're going to see some major changes. And if Draymond doesn't leave, there's other players that very well might. Um, okay. let's, see where, let's see where this thing plays out. But I'm not so quick to be saying Draymond Green is going anyplace else, not just yet. Yeah, thanks a lot. Appreciate the call. Thanks, Big Al, as always. There works on the Warrior broadcast. Really good phone calls. And, again, he'd like to see the Warriors advance. It's good for business. Uh, it's great for business if the Warriors play the Lakers in the next round. That's what Adam Silver wants, most TV executives want. We want to see the best matchup available, period. And the best matchup available for star power, the star power is huge. If you have LeBron and Steph, and they're ready to go. 702-365-9200 as we continue on there. I just want to see good basketball. I don't have to have star power. I want to see Sacramento's a good point. They have De'Aaron Fox. He's a star. Sabonis is a really good, tough player that mixes it up with Draymond. They don't have the star power of the Golden State Warriors, but if they're the better team... They deserve to advance. Mitch in New Jersey. Mitch, you're up next as we continue on. What's going on? Thanks for waiting. You're up. Ah, thanks for taking my call, JT. It'd be great to see an all-California Western Finals. And it's still a chance. The Clippers have to win um, tomorrow. Yep. Uh, uh, Golden State did it to themselves. He's a knucklehead. I mean, I, I agree with the Hall of Fame, but I would take Larry Johnson over him any day. And um, I just hope it's all-California. Especially, and I don't want to see a legacy. I'm not rooting for a legacy, but Clippers and Kings, that's what I'm hoping for. 
and when you draft, I'll take that. I have those yeah. defensive backs. Okay. And I don't want to see him get ripped off. Would they go for it, that USC tackle on number 49? Um, all right, I let me jump in, Mix, here. Mix, I don't want to talk about 49th picks and all that. I want to talk about the Raiders' first-round pick. Okay, thanks for the call. I don't know who number 49 is. I don't. No one does. So if you're going to call in on a player, a draft, have his name, all of that, we'll jump in here. Now, let me, let me just tell you something quickly about the Clippers. If the Clippers play Sacramento in an all-Western conference final, no one will watch. Nobody. Nobody will watch it around. Nobody west of Las Vegas, excuse me, no one east of Las Vegas will watch that in the major media markets of Chicago, New York, Boston, uh, Miami. No one will watch. So as much as you want to see Sacramento play, that would be great. I'm telling you right now, no, that would be a nightmare for Adam Silver because they need to deliver some good television ratings because the television partners have been ripped off. They've been really ripped off overall, the television partners of the NBA, because of all the tanking and the fact that we've seen load management. So if you add up load management, tanking, and injuries, these TV partners are really upset. So that, that's one of the things we'll talk about going down the road. Tomorrow... Another big show. we got a lot of good guests lined up. We'll find out. I'll tweet them out tomorrow at JT the Brick on Twitter. Thanks again to the Raiders for having me in today. Uh, basically, what we can tell you going forward is the Raiders are doing a lot. So with the Raiders in here, what they're going to do for OTAs, when they get to draft picks in here, we're going to be behind the scenes as the flagship of the Raider Nation, Raider Nation Radio, with the first interviews, the content that you come to expect. we got Raiders Roundtable up there if you follow the Raiders on YouTube. Go check that out, and we'll see what's going to happen coming up. Dave Ziegler is speaking to the media on Friday, so I think he's doing that at noon. We'll take that live, and we'll get a chance to hear what he says right before the draft. That's what the GMs do. They meet with the media, the whole media, once right before the draft. I don't know if we're going to hear from the head coach, Josh McDaniels, or not. If we do, we'll probably get a chance to talk to him. We'll find out how that looks next week. I wanted to mention the Black Hole is having their draft party at the Palms. We are partnering with the Black Hole. It's a great event. Just go to the Black Hole website, talk to the Black Hole, find them. You know Gorilla Rilla, Senor, Violator, all my friends, Cisco, Mark. They're putting together an unbelievable party. It'll be their kickoff party. We'll tell you about that next week. I will be attending that after the Raiders draft on the radio and going to the Raiders draft party. So, man, we're going to be busy next week, and there's going to be a lot more happening in sports. We'll be able to recap the fight and what's happening in the NBA playoffs. And hopefully you don't have to talk about the possum in the Oakland Coliseum, which was, again, a headline today. Hopefully the possum, I think, is caught, and hopefully the possum has been removed from the Oakland Coliseum. Thanks to Bobby, Alexandra for getting us to studio here, everybody at Silver and Black Productions. Uh, nice day today. What am I going to do the rest of the day? I don't know yet. Got a couple of friends in town. Going to have a nice night, nice dinner tonight, and get after it again tomorrow. If you miss any portion of the show, lvsportsnetwork.com. Q is coming up next. I spent most of the morning with Q as we look at all the exciting news that's coming up here on the flagship of the Raiders. Q will have a lot to say, as always. He joins us next. I'm JT. Thank you very much, Raider Nation, and everyone else for listening. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Just love.